0: trending insurrection we are live hey this is lou and i'm here with dave mcfarlane the great and we are talking about different things life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and along the way uh some controversial fun things. Hey, <clears throat> what are we talking about today, Dave? Oh, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're talk about the uh, wage gap. We're going to talk about uh, institutional
1: racism. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, some events that have occurred in Turkey recently where a uh, uh, Saudi Arabian journalist was murdered, slash killed, slash hacked to bits by a bone saw
0: um, by apparently some Saudi Arabian officials. Okay. was I thought that was Russian. No, no, they're Saudi Arabian. Okay, so let's hit that and spend a lot of time with that, and we'll get to the other two, maybe at some other time. So that's a long discussion that I really want to weigh (laughs) in on. That's going to be so much fun. Let's hit it. Let's get right to it. Okay, weigh in. What do you think? Good or bad? Well, first, first for those who do not know, tell us what happened because I didn't see this. Here's the here's the
1: problem. Nobody knows what happened,
0: right? So what happened is
1: a expatriate Saudi Arabian who's living in Turkey went to the Saudi Arabian embassy. and did not come out. Okay, go on. There was a team that showed up, um, and they were there for a couple hours, they included a doctor and some uh, thugs, and uh, you know, basically the way the media describes them is, is, a, is a wet work team, right? So basically they say they went in there, they chopped the guy up into little pieces, and took his body when they left. Now here's the thing. Nobody really knows what happened, right? I mean, this is... This is happening inside of the Saudi Arabian uh, embassy, and nobody really knows. But there are people calling for us to break ties with Saudi Arabia, to stop selling them weapons. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever um, consequences should be uh, rightfully put forward by a, a regime that does this kind of thing. I think that this is, um, to to a certain extent this is happening around the world like people need to realize first of all that many of the regimes around the world that we deal with are completely wicked right they're evil they do this kind of thing now i don't think it's right i don't think it's acceptable at the same time we do this type of thing um well we we bomb people but we don't Make them disappear with yes, bone saws and. Yes, we do. When was the last time we did this? Oh, I mean, wait, 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 wait you, hold on a second. The When's the last time? examples. When's
0: the last time? I can't give you any official examples. You know that we we do stuff like that. Everybody knows. Well, I, I mean, everybody I mean, knows you, is not really an. It's argument. not that uh, we're not arguing. I'm just giving you <laughs> facts. I don't have to argue that the sun is blue, that the sky is blue, the sun is shining. <clears throat> I know for a fact that everybody involved in the Defense Department. <clears throat> you and know everybody and, and everybody protecting our liberty
1: do you know why you don't have to argue that the sun shines and the sky is blue because when i walk outside i see those things i have never seen the united states make someone disappear <laughs> but you know we do i don't know that we do you
0: ha, ha, oh. oh wow i My i am friend. sure you are a Boy Scout. And I don't understand how you could be so naive in this great comp to know that you think that we're squeaky clean no, and no. we're not making any people disappear and the CIA is just there to hold people's hands and pat them on the back and say be nice to America.
1: Okay. We don't have, so, so
0: you're saying that we don't have wet work teams, we don't have hired assassins, we don't have hired killers that work for the betterment of this great country.
1: I was in the United States Marine
0: Corps and we, we have snipers. So I mean I know that we have talking about no no, I'm not talking about what you see I'm talking about what you do not see Do not believe that the CIA (laughs) that that we don't Okay Wow I'm saying that I I'm
1: not saying I don't think that they have things that we don't know about because clearly they do They have entire programs that have been revealed that we didn't know about previously that are there to spy on us What I'm saying is that I don't know what they have that i don't know about does that make sense i can okay but i'm not saying it doesn't exist i'm saying that we can't take we can it as neither a fact Confirm
0: or deny i understand and you know what in all fairness neither can i but i know that we <laughs> that we are not the o- that they are not the only <laughs> ones who are doing bad things to their enemies
1: well, I mean, and we're talking about political enemies here, too. Yeah. So we know, we know, for instance, in Egypt that this was happening a lot under Mubarak. Yeah. Um, so we know that um, many of the nations that we deal with around the world take people prisoner when they disagree with the political uh, establishment. Whoever's in charge, who, whoever is in power will put the people who disagree with them in jail. The United States is actually one of the few nations that doesn't practice this. And I think it's the only reason that Hillary Clinton is not currently in jail. Leave Hillary out of this. No, 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 no. I think I think the reason, the only reason that Hillary Clinton has not gone to jail already for the crimes that she's committed, is because we don't want to look like we throw people in jail because they're our no, political opponents.
0: No, leave Hillary out of this. She did the she, same things that the men do. Oh, the hell she did. Yes, she did. She, she did the, she did the things same that she things did. that the men do, and. And now we're mad because she got caught because she's a girl.
1: The things that she did when men do them, even for beneficial reasons, even for good reasons, they go to jail. There have been example after example of men who have um, violated security. I think we even talked about this one time, uh, who go to jail for that. Like there was a guy in Afghanistan who found out that there was a warlord who was working with the Taliban, and he, uh, they found out that he was that the warlord was going to um, betray the United States and had become a threat. He emailed that information to the men who needed to know it across an unsecure email, and he is currently in jail for that action. In other words, even well-meaning, good actions have been prosecuted under the uh, what the Secure What's Information the act?
0: act. Okay, so share, here, let me share this with you. Hillary. <clears throat> WikiLeaks
1: is saying that Hillary committed high crimes, high treason, by actually selling patents to Saudi Arabia. Now we're talking about she sold to the same people who are now hacking people to bits no, don't top use secret that pets. argument
0: we do that all the time come on you can't you cannot assume facts that are we, not never we were with Saddam we helped train uh, we weren't with I mean not when he was doing his well before we helped train and then when you when, can't
1: use hindsight that we have now as uh, an yeah, indictment you, of you us ju- helping you just him reach the power use the, the same power.
0: argument to indict Hillary no well you said she did and the, uh, come on so oh, she's anti-Hillary. Admitted. She, cl- um,
1: I, I believe that Hillary should be in jail for committing crimes. That's not anti-Hillary. That's pro-law. Um, so I mean, you know, whatever you want to be. Uh, what I'm saying is, you, you you have you have have a point there. So you're right that she didn't know. Saudi Arabia was going to hack a man up and uh, maybe in in fact do we really know that that they did Uh, but she didn't know that this event was going to occur when she was committing her high treason you're right but that doesn't justify the high treason
0: if she really did that
1: um, WikiLeaks has not let us wrong yet, so they're saying that they're gonna prove it in the next couple of days, and I actually believe that they will deliver I on that. I will
0: be very interested to see how that develops. Stay tuned; <laughs> it'll be exciting. And so, you, but we use that as a caveat to continue uh, as part of our conversation, which is hacking people. Saudi Arabia, they hack uh, hacking people, and what I thought you were talking about. Was the Russians who beat the molester to death? I thought you were gonna hit that, oh, one. oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were gonna hit that one, but I but you're, you're, we you're, could you're, hit that one too, but you're hitting the <laughs> you're hitting the Hillary thing and the, the and the sub with the Saudi Arabia thing. so let's talk about a little bit of Saudi Arabia. Um, let's face it. you know they're letting we women do. drive now, <laughs> this is no, they're really they're letting women
1: drive now, and I think that you know they are on the path to ruin. Because women
0: are the worst drivers,
1: <laughs>
0: you know. bless, Wow, uh, you know. Oh, uh, I am not affiliated. <coughs> you are. You are my partner on this <laughs> show. Lou. I am not affiliated. We have no affiliation. Okay. Well, you know. Seriously. Uh. Well, you know. They're letting women drive. Let's face it. They have. Uh. <coughs> this is what I do know. Is that Christians have had a lot of hard times. Hard times in, Hillary- in in Saudi Arabia. They do practice, uh, they do practice uh, uh, Wahhabist r- Wahhabist Islam. Yeah, uh. They do practice. Uh, so if you're a Christian there, they the Muslims do beat up on you a little bit. Um, there's a guy uh, named Sammy who spoke about that at a church that I was attending in Las Vegas, and I have his book actually. He, and uh, <clears throat> there was a time when he used to hate Muslims, even though he was raised in Saudi Arabia. And uh, because, of, because of the abuses that they heaped upon <coughs> Christianity, Christians in, their, in, the, in the country, and mm. I believe Saudi Arabia still practices that type of discrimination and that type of... So let's face it, Saudi, the, Saudi, we, have, we do business with people who do not have our moral code. Well, actually, sometimes we don't even have our own moral code. But nonetheless, we do business <laughs> with people who honestly do not have our own moral code and I want to talk to you how do you feel about that because to get our thing to get our programs through to get our our uh, we, we, we make deals with the devil do you believe we should make deals with the devil to for the greater good or for our own interests or should we if you do evil if we do not have the moral morality that we aspire to espouse to aspire to whatever the word is um, should we do business with you what do you think Well, that's a a tough question. Um, Because if you hold a certain, if you hold a
1: high enough standard, you would literally not be able to do business with anyone around the world.
0: Or with us, because we we do bad things. We poison our own people. And uh, we feed, America feed, we allow corporations to feed our people things that other corporations, that other countries in Europe would never allow. Well, that's
1: true. But at the same time, uh, you know, European nations allow drugs that we don't allow. Um, it's it's actually, it goes both ways there. So there are some things that we claim are carcinogenic uh, that they allow. And there are some things that they claim are carcinogenic that we allow. But the fact of the matter is that mostly comes from the fact that whether or not something is classified as a carcinogen or not is uh, based on whether or not if you pump a rat full of you know, a thousand times the normal dosage, whether or not that rat develops cancer or not. So, yeah, um, you know, even equal like aspartame, right? If you pump a rat full with a thousand times the normal dosage of aspartame, it can cause cancer. Well, great. That that doesn't mean anything to us is what it comes down to. So like um, there's, there's a lot of bad science when it comes to food um and it's really hard to nail down some of these things um food and drugs are are very uh, uh the the science that is currently out there that we're using to determine whether or not those should be allowed is uh faulty and it is also being affected by the free market or rather by monetary interests so um so you believe there's no fire there Well, I I don't think that we're – there's definitely – there's little fires all over the place.
0: Um. So you think it's a little fire, that the Americans are being poisoned is a little fire to you? Well, no. I mean, we're – That the FDA is (laughs) allowing Americans, your own brothers and sisters in this great country of ours, to be poisoned means little to you, and it's a little fire. That's a little fire. The fact that our children are obese (laughs) (laughs) – You're
1: weaponizing the stigma of the word poison here. Uh, and, yes, I am, buddy. And, and, and the thing is, is radio uh, poison uh, has a lot of different meanings. And you know, one of is arsenic, right? Like, so you arsenic is a poison. Uh, you take it, you die. Boom, you're done. Other things people call poison are less poison and just more not healthy.
0: Yeah, I will, I will contest that you are correct. <laughs> okay, so.
1: Um, I guess really getting back to the question we're saying, do we, should we do business with regimes that don't hold our values? And I think the answer to that really is that we should support regimes that have our values even if they don't have our interests at heart. And uh, America has chosen interests over values too many times in the past. With Iran in, in particular, right? They had a democracy in Iran in the 70s I believe. It was uh, the, the 1970s. And we actually, or, or 60s, we actually uh, helped the mullahs overthrow the democratically elected government. And we instituted, and this is the most short-sighted, dumbest thing that I think the United States has done in the last century. We helped institute a theocratic dictatorship.
0: Shereel law.
1: With yeah, a Muslim theocratic dictatorship. So I think that's probably one of the most short-sighted things that we've done in the last century. Well, and we I, shouldn't do that anymore. If, do, that's, if that's the question, we shouldn't do that anymore. We
0: do... Um, because of... And I'm, I'm over-generalizing, of course. Because of big business and other national interests, I think we do a lot of things that would make the regular regular American people quake in their boots if they knew the things that we do. The The... The blind eye we turn.
1: More than blind eye, we actually we didn't just turn a blind support, eye. Actually, support. we supported the wrong side of that. Yeah, and um, then we we struggled because they cozied up to the Russians, and then that hurt us too. And then in Afghanistan and uh, Pakistan, we're struggling against um, you know basically people that we had supported against the Russians right so the the Russians were trying to go into Afghanistan they were trying to take that over and uh, we supported the the Muslim extremists uh, you know we actually supported the terrorists in Afghanistan yeah, when they were fighting the Russians yeah yeah so I mean we have to stop f- taking the short-term view and that is problem that it's, it's hard for us to do
0: well <clears throat> you have four years to get results we talked about this a couple of shows ago, right? Right. And because you have four years to get results, it forces our government to, or eight years if you get double elected again, it forces our government to, to be short short-sighted because you have you have eight years to get your programs done, and your legacy and your ability to, to, to get your party re-elected has a lot to do with what you do, what you can accomplish. You know, a, but I
1: mean, even four years is is a eight years is a is a longer event horizon than most people make decisions over. So if you even made decisions that would be good eight years from now, 10 years from now, that would be beneficial. But people are making decisions that like, well, how's this working right this second? Um, I want this guy right now because he wants what I want at the very moment and they don't take. Uh, more of a, a long-term view and, and figure out whether or not their philosophies align, whether your interests over a long term aligns. And and we past presidents, uh, Nixon probably was one of the worst. Um, uh, Carter was terrible. Um, truthfully, I can't I can't say that anybody um, was really great on any of these things. Um, Reagan may have been the best. Because if you remember what he did, he said, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I mean, he stood toe-to-toe with the Russians and said, you've got to stop being um, so totalitarian. People were were defecting from Russia to the United States at massive rates. Anybody who could get away was doing it. Um, There were entire, uh, you know, uh, what was the the guy's name? In Russia, uh, in America, you buy gun in Russia they shoot you because it's a totalitarian dictatorship. Um, you know, <laughs> like well, all those kind of things. So, um and uh <clears throat> so we we've gotta we've gotta do better on that. I don't know what the I don't want to know if there's like a, a
0: simple answer to that question. there that's why I asked it, because <clears throat> for the naysayers and for those who are crying foul Don't be involved with them. Don't be involved with them. I think that it's really short-sighted. And I think that it's oversimplifying an extremely complicated issue. Well,
1: I think it's different to say don't be involved with them when they are currently the actual government of Saudi Arabia um, versus don't be involved with them, which is like, a like in the Iran case where we were supporting a theocratic dictatorship that wasn't in power yet, we helped install them into power. That was terrible. Whereas what we're doing with um, Saudi Arabia, we are just dealing with the current regime, and they haven't been too terrible. I mean, they're they're terrible in what they teach their people, but they haven't been terrible in the sense that they haven't attacked us or our allies they've attacked um they've actually spent um their military might basically attacking our enemies as well so um they haven't been terrible they've not been i mean certainly there are better nations around there uh, around the world but is uh, saudi arabia has not this is this is really the first thing that i think we've seen from saudi arabia
0: that is that extreme they were They were stupid enough to get caught. We do a lot of our business, and, be, and no, and, and no one sees it. Well, let me ask you this, though. I mean, he's a Saudi Arabian citizen. Suppose
1: that this ha- this man had gone to a trial and he had been convicted on you know uh, nonsense, right? Inside of Saudi Arabia,
0: none of us would care. Well, I believe the story was he was a journalist. Was he a journalist? Uh, he was. He was writing articles. Yeah. Okay. So he was a journalist. And he clearly was an enemy of Saudi Arabia as far as the current government. And he had gone in to get a marriage certificate or permission to marry. Is that the report?
1: Uh, Something like, yeah, it was a marriage certificate. And actually, um, that's that's funny because
0: uh, that's love. I I mean, that's that itself. I'm going to pause there for a little bit. (laughs) No.
1: <laughs> no, I think that's that is the control that states have over people because we actually
0: think marriage certificates need to be issued by a state, which is ridiculous. So so let me share with you share this with you. That's I want to talk about that. Let's well, I want to talk about this. Let's talk about the human the human element here. He is he is he knows that he is an enemy of Saudi Arabia. He knows this. He knows that he is not, or at least he is not popular. And yet he wants to get married. So. Why can't he just. He puts in life, exactly. He puts in his life in jeopardy (coughs) by walking into the embassy. And I have to wonder was that a setup somehow? was because it Do you think was, that his his fiancee w- might have been point, working might for might have been a plant. Yeah. I, I think that I don't think so. I think so, man. Because because and if I loved my spouse and I and I knew that they were <laughs> an enemy of the state for whatever reason mm. I would never say, you know what? I'd like to get married. Oh. I wanna get married. Um, you know, honey, you need to go down to the <laughs> when I know that they probably do not like you. The Mexican embassy. Yeah, whatever, whatever embassy, whatever embassy that they don't like, even the American, it doesn't matter. I mean, they don't like you. So why are you gonna go down there and put yourself on their radar just, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. for marriage, but just to get married? That story seems implausible that an enemy of the state would do something so foolish. I think there's more that we haven't uncovered. Well, um I don't think he knew
1: this was going to happen.
0: How could he not
1: know? He's an enemy of the state. Oh, he didn't realize what kind of an enemy of the state he was. I I don't understand. In other words, if you... So, Saudi Arabia is not known for its technological sophistication. So, he might have thought that he could just walk into the embassy and ask for paperwork. They would look at his paperwork and not cross reference this paperwork against an electronic system there must have been a cro- an electronic cross reference that was done at some point when he walked in there that and, and and again we don't know what happened but i'm saying that it's likely that he got flagged somehow by an electronic system rather than by a paper system okay so
0: in the day of in the days of the <laughs> internet let me tell tell a little story about how I think that might have happened, <clears throat> and why I think it just doesn't make sense to me. What did he did he he clearly wasn't. What was he in Saudi Arabia when this happened? No, he was in Turkey. There you go. And he's going to the Saudi Arabian embassy. There you go. So he's in another country. Mm-hmm. So the story <clears throat> is: I'm in love. I love you let's get married he's in turkey he goes into saudi soil do you believe that he was ignorant in thinking that saudi Ar- saudi arabian soil in turkey that that he would be protected because he's in turkey maybe perhaps well i I'm, I, I do story, think I mean, I'm trying, um I'm trying to
1: create a narrative here so i do think that he probably would not have foreseen a team to come in and chop him to pieces and take him out
0: in pieces well you're saying that you 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 too say that it probably didn't happen
1: well no i'm not saying it probably actually that's not what i said i'm saying that we don't really know what happened that's the claim right so the claim is that he was um like literally chopped to pieces over the course of six hours and then and actually uh, some people say that he was still alive for the majority of this. Oh, see, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. See, that's my question. All of that is... There all were no, of that, All We don't know what happened. The media has not found an
1: eyewitness yet. Let's put it that way.
0: Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. The media has not yet that, found anyone willing to talk. Okay, wait, 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 wait we can't say that he was chopped the pieces <laughs> and alive for part of it. We don't know what no one was there, no one had, No that no one that's talking about. You're, it. So you're how, right. You're right. So, so that's how, speculation. And, and there's that's more than speculation. <laughs> that's an outright lie. And then, no, no, no. It I I'll still call it speculation. Well, we weren't there. So say <clears> the work work team chopped the pieces and he was probably alive when they do it. That sounds that's almost comical. Not that I don't believe it happens, but for us to say it happens we, we weren't there. It's well, now, now
1: you're flipping and taking my position, man.
0: This
1: is, <laughs> assuming, not, about, this assuming is not about facts,
0: not in evidence. This is not about positions. This is just simply, come on, it doesn't make sense. It boggles the mind. <clears throat> I Listen, I know that they probably killed the dude if they didn't like it.
1: We're, we're trying to figure out what, what was going through his mind, right? So, what, was, what I'm saying is that he didn't expect whatever happened. Because if he did, there's no way he would have gone in there. Or maybe they threatened him to do so. Maybe no, there was some, no. Maybe they threatened a member of his
0: family. Maybe there was some reason. Mm. If you don't come in, this is going to happen <clears throat> to you. So come in and uh, you're going to die. But will, but your family will be safe. I mean, who does he still have family in Saudi Arabia? Um, I don't know. And That wasn't part of the story. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing, though. So creating a narrative, that could be a reason why he no, went in no. there
1: he foolishly. I don't, I don't think so, because he would have known at that point that there was a... He would have known at that point that there was a... Uh, something was going to happen. I think probably he would have been more likely to run than anything if he had any inkling that, they, that he was on their radar. And then they were going to try and uh, take him down. I think he probably was running, writing uh, the articles they wrote under a pseudonym. I mean, I don't think he even probably realized that he... Was known to the Saudi Arabian government.
0: I maybe he did. I, I don't because we don't we, we have that part of the story has no, not been. No, I'm just saying from yet.
1: from human from the human nature's perspective, I don't think that he knew. Uh, in other words, if you knew that you were that walking through a door would lead to your death, would you walk
0: through that door? If I was forced, to, if I were forced to,
1: perhaps. Well, no. there would there would have to be some particularly uh, egregious force. So, and the thing is, there, we have no evidence. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. Would you have done it without saying a word to anyone? In other words, he didn't say anything to anyone that would have given them the impression that he thought that he was in danger. He just walked in and he never walked out. If you tell anyone, will it will hurt your family. Well, So here's the thing, if anybody ever makes that kind of, uh, I wouldn't cooperate. I would not cooperate with people who made that kind of threat. You are
0: very wise, but, and perhaps that would work out, but. I mean, no, perhaps they would kill my family,
1: but I would go after them and kill every single one of them as well. I mean, at some point, those people would regret having done what they did. Um, I, I don't know I don't know how else to say it but I mean the I would not voluntarily kill myself uh, in order to satisfy evil men i would I would do I would instead oppose them and try to take them out that's my
0: that's how I would act I, mean, I can res- as a marine hurrah I can ex- not that I am a marine as a marine I would expect nothing. Less, we do not negotiate with terrorists. That's we, right. We destroy them. Okay, so, but he, clearly he's not a marine. Clearly he he's just a journalist. Right, but I don't think I, I, I don't see any exactly. So
1: he's not even brave enough to walk through that door knowing that it's going to be lead to his death. He, I think he would
0: run. I think maybe he's forced. I I, I just believe. Because Turkey is not the friendliest of countries anyway, so it's not as if he was in a place like England or, or another or a or a soft country when it comes to that type of thing. He was in a hard country. Turkey's hard too. So, so, I mean, even the coffee is hard. I mean, I love Turkish coffee, by the way. Uh, the coffee is hard. It's good for asthma. The, it's everything there is. is a, it's a hard place as far as you know when you're on the wrong side of the law. So. Well, he wasn't on the wrong side of Turkish law. I know, but I'm saying it's a hard place. So they're they're not known for their loving judicial system. So either way, he's in a place where he should have figured if he ever got on the wrong side of something. Well, Turkey is known to have particular
1: um, unfairness in their judicial system. That's true. But they are not uh, known to treat Muslim men uh, unfairly just because a foreign government wants them to treat them unfairly. So in other words I think Turkey would have um, the officials in Turkey would have stood up to the officials from Saudi Arabia.
0: Um, unless the, you know, they make deals. I'm assuming that they do. I think that, I think that deals are made. I, I, I just can't, couldn't think that they're not. It is, it is inconceivably broad to
1: say that deals would not be made. However, I don't know that there's any Evidence to say that there's, you know what? Here's here's part of the problem. We don't have enough information about this particular situation
0: to really analyze it. But the speculation is fun. I mean, we can just speculate. All no, and
1: all. I don't. I don't know that the speculation is necessarily fun because um, I think that when you when you want to speculate about things like this, you have to follow the rules of of human behavior, and you have to take the actions that you took and follow them back to the motivations that you can reasonably ascribe. And I think that we're uh, using a little bit too much imagination in this particular case.
0: I don't think so. You
1: think a, de- a backroom deal was made between Saudi Arabia and and, and Turkey? That no, I'm saying it
0: could have been. I'm saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I, saying there's no evidence for that. There's, there's no, no evidence for any of it except well, that there the guy is, didn't come out. There is
1: evidence. Uh, the that fact he that he walked through the door willingly, without being um, pushed through a gunpoint. He he personally walked through those doors. I think
0: that is evidence that he didn't think that anything really terrible was going to happen. Well, without more evidence, we'll have to leave it there. Let's go on to the next thing. Uh, a great segue into the other main thing in the news, which was the pedophile. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, pedophile in Russia who uh, basically uh, he, was, he was caught um, in the act. And uh, I, won't, I won't go into details on that, cause, but just bear in mind that it was about as bad as it could be. He was caught in the act, and so instead of taking him to court and charging him with a crime, the people who caught him decided that what they would do is beat him to death on video, and then release the video as a warning to other pedophiles. So there's a lot there's lots unpacked there now when i originally saw this i actually thought this was happening in the united states so my my belief my my uh answer was a lot different at that time than what i'm probably gonna uh, say here i thought that uh you know this was basically people reacting to um a thing that bothers me which is the fact that uh, our court system does not give pedophiles nearly enough time in jail they usually uh you know i I commonly hear of somebody who has committed a violent sexual act with a child and they get a year in jail you know and we're talking children like under 10 that wouldn't have any um uh, innate sexual impulses or anything like that like if you know um there were there was a case i'll just bring this up real quick in louisiana where a 13 and 14 year old had sex with each other and they were both convicted of statutory rape for the same consensual act right so that's crazy but what we're talking about here is an adult and a child actually a two-year-old um you know things like this uh there's no There's
0: no justification. I I want to bring a little humor into this. (laughs) Wait a second. I'm 13. You're 14. (laughs) By the way, according to the Bible, I believe Mary might have been 13 or 14 when she was married to Joseph. So the Bible doesn't actually say how old Mary was. She might have been. Extra biblical texts. That's why I said might have been.
1: Extra biblical texts say uh, that she was 16.
0: Thirteen or fourteen? Well, uh, so actually, you're a man in uh, you're a man <clears> and a woman <throat> in their system at twelve. No, 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 no. Uh,
1: men are men at thirteen. Twelve. And that's when you do the mitzvah or the, the bar mitzvah. What
0: you? Men at twelve, you do the bar mitzvah at thirteen. But do bar.
1: Well, I can't even say that
0: thirteen. I've always heard twelve.
1: Uh, well, it's, it's thirteen, and women are not women until sixteen. So, in other words, that's the that's the Jewish tradition. You wanna you wanna find some random uh, Google search that you're not right about everything. Buddy. <laughs> Sorry, um, uh, you know I'm looking it up. You can look it up, but I'm just saying if you find something that contradicts me, it's wrong, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know what? Well said. In this particular case, well said.
1: Because, and then here's the reason why is because this is actually something that I studied heavily uh, in my 20s, right? So uh, philosophy, ancient texts, Judaism, um, and there are sects that believe in you know various things, but the general consensus that I got was according to Jewish
0: law when jewish boys become 13 years old they become accountable for their actions and become a bar mitzvah a girl becomes bat mitzvah at the age of 12 like i said according to the orthodox and conservative jews and at the age of 13 according to reform jews so for women which i said 12 13, <clears throat> um, i was right 12 or 13 depending on who you are and then for men you were correct
1: so we're both right on
0: this one. Well done. <laughs> both okay. right, both wrong. Um, so
1: I am a little, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of this, right? So uh, the uh, what call it? That women are not supposed to be getting married at uh, 12 or 13 in in the Jewish
0: tradition. Well, I th- I'm under the impression that they wait till 16. Well, let me share share this with you I, that, that I don't know much about. Now, I will share this with you, and we, I want to. Let's call, let's hit this real quickly. Adolescence was created to keep those in power in the European in the European system of, 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 of uh, European hierarchy for kings and to keep them in, uh, keep the the parents in power longer. So they created adolescence. This is a new phenomenon that was created. I forget when it was created, but it there was no such thing as adolescence before. You were a child, then you were a man, or you were a child, then you were a woman so this is Adolescence is a new thing for maybe 500, 400 years old. So So let's go back. 13 and 14 years old, and they put them in jail for sleeping together. <coughs> Not uh, counseling. sleeping together for mutual statutory rape. Yeah. Wow. Yes. wow what state was this
1: uh louisiana i believe it was overturned though by the louisiana supreme court
0: <laughs> you think <laughs> what idiot judge passed that
1: <clears throat> well in the hmm, it's hard what, to say what idiot
0: judge <sighs> that was passed the, that
1: that was what idiot legislature passed it that's the question uh the question isn't when you're
0: supposed to interpret the law that clearly was not the law.
1: No, the the law actually did state that. That was the problem. The law that the legislature passed stated that the uh, that any contact was uh, illegal. So it wasn't. It wasn't just that. Um, it went a little bit further, apparently, than, than, it's been a while since I looked at it, but it went a little bit further than most statutory rape laws that just say that uh, you can't consent to sex with an older person. It was just, you cannot do this, period. So, these two people, uh, and and this was um, the way oral sex used to be against the law. Uh Sure, but I mean, do you have somebody in there watching you when you do do stuff? I mean, well, clearly they did <laughs> <laughs> because they got busted. <laughs> and well, no, in they jail. One of them, one of them got pregnant, and they figured that out. So that's oh, how that whole,
0: Okay, that's how that happened. So they weren't they weren't caught in the act.
1: I I, no, I don't believe so. Uh, it, but at the same time, the the court cases and the rulings didn't really go too deep into uh, those details because I was really just looking at the uh louisiana supreme court um that basically said uh this is not okay <laughs> you can't you can't, you can't do, do this
0: you can't do that that's right. wrong I, I you know i, I have to and,
1: and i gotta say this is, this is one that i didn't study too in depth because it was one of those um you know kind of one-offs uh i've not seen any other state do something like this and uh th- these were the only two people apparently prosecuted in this manner under that particular law. Wow.
0: Wow. That
1: is... That's something. You could argue uh, prosecutorial discretion was not utilized the way that it should be, but at the same time, when you pass a law, I... I I take a dim view of prosecutorial discretion. The idea that the prosecutor should be able to decide whether or not he's going to prosecute when... What you've done is technically against the law. So what well, legislatures need to do is they need to pass laws that actually are closer to the truth. And well, here's the thing. like we we don't understand like law is not supposed to cover every moral activity, right? So uh, you can you should it's, it, Ill- illegality is supposed to be a high standard. So what should happen is there should be immoral activity that you can engage in that's not illegal. Right, And most people would not engage in that immoral activity, but some people might. Um, Or there'd be situations wherein you would. But illegality needs to be extremely detrimental to society. So, like, for instance, uh, I don't like that you are growing roses in your backyard. So now I'm going to pass a law against rose gardens.
0: I beg your pardon. I'll That's... never promise you a rose garden
1: yeah well you're not getting a pardon for this betty you're going to jail um th- In this is jail the... right so my point is um and this is analogous of course to marijuana laws right so people are like oh well we don't like I knew you were going there yeah you know of course I was um basically whenever I talk about outlawing plants I'm talking about marijuana now uh i don't I don't like marijuana I don't smoke it I don't use it i don't do anything with it but
0: it's you're high right now aren't you the i'm not i do um from the smell of you i say it was the chiva
1: talking no no so but my point is that if if i'm gonna look at uh, like this is an exemplar of what's wrong with our laws right this is the the number one thing that we have that is is problematic we have outlawed a plant We have outlawed part of nature. We have taken a thing that God created and said it is not good. I don't know how many other ways I can say this. Well, see,
0: there you go. I mean, some—not every plant should be. No, no,
1: I would—I would say every single plant should be legal. No, legal. No, absolutely.
0: No, we can do some things with plants that are really (laughs) bad.
1: Well, I'm not saying that you can't do things with plants that are really bad. However doing bad things should be where you actually draw the legality line, right? What are you talking about? You're talking about poison? Like you take some ricin uh, or, or resin, um, cook it down and, and poison somebody with it. Yeah, that should be illegal, but the caster plant itself shouldn't be. I was watching
0: <laughs> a movie and it bothers me that I do not remember the name. And it, it talked about a society that had legalized drug use and where corporations were now actually creating designer drugs and it created it created a whole underclass because of drug use very interesting movie i forget the name of it i would love to, to love to uh, have you watch it and give me your thoughts because it took <clears throat> it took the legalization of controlled substances to the extreme and it made it, it showed, it showed the possible outcome when you made everything that you could create legal. And, and beca- that from plants or otherwise. Well, so let I thought me, that was interesting.
1: So first of all, yeah, um, I said plants should be legal, right? I didn't say that necessarily that everything should be legal. But secondly...
0: I'm saying it it took it to its... I'm not saying you said that, but I'm saying it took it to its extreme. Well, but that's not necessarily
1: its extreme. In other words, the extreme of plants being legal isn't um, designer drugs being legal. You know what I'm saying? In, In other words, if we draw the line at plants and say, you cannot outlaw plants anymore, then that doesn't necessarily lead to what you're talking about. Now, let me ask you this. Are you familiar with are you familiar with the Tenth Amendment? You know what the Tenth Amendment says of the Constitution of the United States? Tell me what it does. It does. So the Tenth Amendment basically says that any power that is not specifically granted to the federal government within this body of this Constitution is prohibited from it and reserved to the states and to the people respectively. Go on. So now the question is, where in the Constitution? Does the federal government have the authority to outlaw plants?
0: Well, you see, back to my statement. When you do not have inalienable rights and you grant your inalienable rights, not given by God, but by given by the government and given by the state, that which the state grants, the state can take away. And as we are beginning to shift from a God-given inalienable rights to state-given or government-given inalienable rights or government-given rights, forgive me. These things happen. Suddenly, the amendments mean nothing because the state has rights to... For our protection, the state has rights to now go against our own amendments. And so... And no one says a word because we are not taught that in school any longer. Well, in the... In, in certain schools, we are taught that, but not in the common everyday schools we don't teach civics teach civics anymore, and so there's a lack of knowledge for these very for these fundamental truths that every American should be governed by and and so these things happen, and our rights are being slowly eroded to the backdrop of thunderous applause and who would have thought thought and no one says a word and no one is worried
1: well i am saying a word right now and i'm i'm kind of worried preach brother so (laughs) um and, and a lot of people actually have um brought this forward so in in for for instance um you know you you pointed out that if the state has the right to if the state is granting our rights then they can take them away and i would agree with you on that that's why it's very important to keep in mind that the state did not give us a damn thing that God uh, imbued upon all men these inalienable rights. So it's very important to keep that in mind. Um, I would uh, point out that the 10th Amendment um, it is uh, problematic for people who want to um, control substances. And it was when they wanted to start this back in 1937, right? That's when the original Marijuana Tax Act was passed the argument that was being made was, hey, wait a minute. Don't you remember this prohibition thing we just had? We just came out of this. Um, we had like, I think it was the uh, the 18th Amendment and then the 22nd Amendment. We just, we just passed an amendment to outlaw alcohol. If the federal government could control substances, we wouldn't have had to pass an amendment to outlaw alcohol, right? We would never have had to have an amendment to do prohibition. So that was what they were saying. They're saying, hey, We can't do this. Um, Between 1937 and when in 19, I think it was like 62, that the Controlled Substances Act was passed, basically the court was stacked with people who didn't care about the Constitution anymore, and uh, the, the law schools had moved towards the left where they no longer care about what's actually written in the Constitution. And this is, this is really the problem that we have, um, because our, our judges are coming out of this pool of people who are being taught by schools that no longer really care about what the Constitution actually says. So if the, the 10th Amendment basically says, you can't do things that you're not given direct power to do, and then Congress says, eh, we're gonna do it anyway. What we have is Congress breaking the law in passing laws that are already illegal. Like, at the time that they're passed, they're illegal because they violate the Constitution. And I yet, agree. And yet we have, uh, you know, we're, we're we're locked in kind of the situation where not only is that happening, but the Supreme Court won't do anything about it. Congress doesn't have the kind of the ability to act ad- agilely um, in that particular arena, right? So, like, they don't really go back and repeal laws.
0: I don't think they... Well, I don't believe I don't really believe that that freedom and liberty are really the the uh, on the minds of the guiding uh, principles of Congress uh, on on the minds of all of those in power, because I'm assuming they're looking for cattle, they're looking for chattel, whatever you call it, cattle for for a controllable populace in case things go wrong so that they can so that so that whoever it is can control that's why our freedoms our privacies are slowly being eroded and i believe it's by design i believe i believe that that what they're looking for is a controllable and docile population it's it's interesting
1: um i think that you some people might be that way um i think other people are just uh falling victim to ignorance because we no longer teach the Constitution,
0: and we no longer teach civics. We're talking about Congress, though. Well, and there's the a lot, and, and, uh, there are a lot houses. of ignorant people in Congress. Funny I about, mean, but I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm, my point is that they're there.
1: Some of the dumbest people I'm aware of, I'm only aware of because they were elected to Congress. <laughs> I mean, there's a guy. There is a guy in Congress who asked a general in the military if he was concerned that the military activity on the island of guam might capsize the island sir are you are you concerned that you might capsize the island of guam like how devastating would it be if if uh, guam were to uh flip over well that would be pretty pretty freaking devastating but it's not gonna happen because islands aren't floating in the ocean you know they are they are land that has risen to the level that is higher than sea level and they stick out of the ocean that's why they're that's why they're islands
0: you know when you talk about my cousin jeff that way (laughs) (laughs) no 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 we're not i am not affiliated with with okay well i wow okay that that does that is startling i have to say that's really startling Uh, (laughs) that's really this is really disappointing <laughs> there, um, oh, uh,
1: there's some one person in Congress, and I, I won't say who, but and these these people have a common thread there. Yeah. They're all Democrats. Um, the, the one person. Again, wow!
0: I can't let that pass. There no, are idiots, you can bring, uh, You can. I didn't say there are idiots on both sides of the fence. I'm, all I'm, three sides, I'm, and then independent, and four. No, the Libertarians. Everybody. Before you,
1: before you go crazy, I, I didn't want to. I didn't mean to say that there aren't dumb Republicans. I just meant to say that the people I'm about to talk about are all Democrats. Conveniently <laughs> so. I mean, oh, you know. Wow. Well, there's you know uh, you can you can talk about uh, uh, what was her name uh, the the vice presidential candidate that was uh, who was it um, McCain's vice presidential. Oh, candidate. I
0: wouldn't go that far. I mean, there's so many. Uh, there and are she said, idiots uh, everywhere. She said, uh, you know,
1: that um, basically Africa was a nation. Um, I don't know. If that's one of your pet peeves.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> one of my pet peeves, sir. If you ever want to hear me talk about Africa as an indigenous indig- nation, indig- indig- in fact, you know what? I'm just going to give you a quickly. You, why is it that on television, when you see Africa, you never see an African city? Why? <laughs> <laughs> why is it that on television? Well, I think I think you, that's when not you true. see Africa, no, you never see an African. You city. do see
1: African cities, but you just assume they're not Africa because it's a city. Uh, no, see, it's a it's a confirmation bias, sir.
0: See, no, I believe when they show Africa, they rarely ever show cities. They always show. Some guy in a skirt and some bare-breasted woman <laughs> jumping around, going, yeah, some foolishness, and and you know, and 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 it's like showing our hillbillies in the Adrock in, Adder- in, Adder- in, Adder- in the Mountains, uh, 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 showing our hillbilly- hillbillies and saying that is synonymous with our cult- with our with a whole country of culture, whole country of culture. It's just the craziest thing yeah. that that we yeah. do. Anyway, that that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Let's go back to what we we're talking. about.
1: So yeah, I've, I've recently actually seen. Um, I've actually seen some um, discussion of the continent of Africa in various countries on the continent where they have shown uh, cities. Now, in in one, I can't remember what the nation was, but there was a really nice city, um, and it was uh, I saw this on the internet. And then, uh, speaking of South Africa, there's actually some really kind of scary things going on there at the moment. Oh wow! But they are showing the cities. And they're showing uh, the you know the legislative events, and they're showing the the guy who I guess he's the um, uh, I think they have a parliamentary system, so I think he's the prime minister currently of South Africa. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on there, but I, got to, we have to talk
0: about that eventually.
1: Oh yeah, that's um, that's scary because their Supreme Court has decided that people don't have the right to, to keep and bear arms anymore, and I think that is the. I mean, if you're sitting in Africa at this point, and you're a farmer, and they're saying, hey, we're going to take your farms away, and they're already sending raiding parties to rape and murder farmers, and then they go, oh, by the way, you don't have the right to keep guns anymore, so go ahead and turn them on in, I'd be like, hell no. Not only not only, hell no, but um, I'm going to build a second uh, house like underground behind my my." real house and that's where we're gonna actually sleep and then if you come and raid that I'm going to come out with as much force as I possibly can muster and make sure that you all go away and never ever ever return
0: it's sad that the words escape me mm-hmm to uh, when, when I begin to think about how blessed we are well, I when I, I went to I would spend a lot of time a little time in Europe I mean, I'm British I spent but I, when I went back to England to visit went to France I went to uh, where did I go I went to Israel went to Jordan and a few other places and I would say God bless America there is no country like this, this is we are a blessed nation and a blessed people. We are very fortunate to live in this country. This is the greatest nation in the world,
1: and we need to not screw it up. We need to not screw it the up. We only are the only people, agreement. yeah, the only people that can screw up the United States are Americans, and Man. we're working our butts off at it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's, I think back to the human nature we were talking about. I, th- I think it's just human nature. I, <coughs> I believe that, that that's just human nature. We, we're working things out. I will say these three words, our economy is in trouble and uh, it will always be in trouble until we get rid of the national debt. And I don't believe we ever will. And I hate to be that way, but whatever it was <coughs> down that, that our friend down the road, who had I think been through hmm. more than three or four sitting presidents, I believe it was Greenspan and he quit. And uh, wasn't fired, wasn't let go. Whatever he saw down the pike, he quit. And I wanted to say I say that when people talk about politics, when they talk about different parties, let's say well, whatever is happening, something Greenspan saw the line, mm. saw down the line caused him to quit. He was in charge of the Fed. And mm. so I How believe, old was he? Remember. He was old. I know, but he. Was so decorator. I mean, it's not necessarily like it, it he did, saw some structural. It didn't say he retired. It said he. It didn't say Greenspan is now retiring. God bless Greenspan. He's served this country admirably over the years. That's not what I heard. You got. I, I haven't researched it, by the way. This just tongue and cheek, for the most part. But I believe I said Greenspan quit that's what I, I remember the headline he quit not that he retired it was time he's coming of age and he needed to go real and spend time with his family it said I believe this said he quit but double check that check my facts I haven't I've have not done a fact check on this and as we speak David is looking it up I don't know if he left for familial reasons as you're saying was he old did he need to retire
1: well uh I'm, I'm I'm actually it it autocorrected the
0: greenspan quotes, which uh that's <laughs> not what I was looking for <laughs> okay, so moving while he's looking for that to see if my facts are correct I, I believe that our economy is in jeopardy we we owe I was watching a television show and it was talked about and in the television show <laughs> I've mentioned this before it said that uh that the the secretary of state was threatening was well, sorry was questioning china in regards to doing something to destabilize the american government and the chinese uh, ambassador said madam secretary we are we are china we play the long game when we come after you we'll just repossess you <laughs> and i thought that was really interesting you know, um, there's no need for these nations to attack us. They just buy all, of, buy us out. We own, we we, we own uh, a lot of our debt is owned by the World Bank by other countries. We are in debt to the World Bank, and we never see who these people are. So let me let me say
1: this um, about Greenspan. He left office in 2006. Yes. Uh, in 2008, there was the major. Uh, economic crash. Yep. So um, he, at that point, admitted that he was wrong on various regulation uh, advice that he had given Congress and and presidents over the the previous years. Um, if, If he had foresight, I don't believe that it spanned more than two years. So in other words, I don't think he could predict outcomes more than two years ahead of time and I also don't think that he could predict the 2008 events because he didn't know they were coming well he he didn't know enough to to advise people to avoid them so I don't think that that um,
0: well let me share this with you when you run the way we are running the government no country no no business could run this way Where where we're that's true so and so you don't need anything else but that. So it, it is true that the debt is a, is a rather large issue,
1: right? And it's a large issue because we bring in somewhere between uh, 3.5 and 4.25 trillion dollars into the federal uh, coffers every year. And yet we spend somewhere between uh, more than that. Whatever we, whatever we bring in, we spend at least a trillion dollars a year more than that at the moment. And our national debt has ballooned. To over twenty trillion—it's like twenty-one, somewhere between twenty-one and twenty-two now—trillion dollars. Now, if you do the math, that's like five times our annual revenue. The problem—if we stopped running the government for five years, if we said we're not going to spend a dime on government for the next five years,
0: there'd be chaos in the streets. We could
1: pay off the the debt.
0: However, yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah, there's a reason why there's a reason why we do not pay off the debt, even though, and I believe that any president who talks seriously about paying off the debt will not last long. Um, I believe that it's seriously. I mean, everybody says we need to reduce it, but I'm seriously. Let's just pay it off, guys. I believe that any president who talks about that will definitely not live long or last long i believe that there are powers that be that want to keep us in debt or else we'd be out of debt by now no no i think that um you're i'm over, i'm definitely oversimplifying but come on i don't think i think you're you're um
1: uh not giving proper credence to the agency of Congress but the the agency of Congress is a bunch of um, like little tin horn dictators basically trying to bring money back to their own district and in as long as that is the case and there's this practice called log rolling right which is well and it, even that doesn't even matter because the most log rolling ever does is a couple billion dollars um, you can't even you, you don't even log roll like a trillion dollar uh, bill in, in Congress anymore that um, the trillions are being spent on uh, Medicare Medicaid, Social Security and now Obamacare right so those
0: those programs by themselves put us in the red every single year. No 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 I think that there, no see there you go again. I have to say that i need to look at the numbers yeah you should look at those numbers all of the programs that we have it's not just medicare the social programs take up a. actually that's a bit but that's money that people have already put into you know to get back no
1: no 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 you can't yeah so some of that
0: money is money
1: those money those programs cost more than we take in in revenue in other words, every single year, those programs cost more than the revenue of, of the federal government. Of course
0: we know There's well.
1: no way that they could be, um, you know, as a whole, maybe one of them, uh, Social Security, has taken in more than
0: mm. it has paid out so I far. I still haven't seen the numbers on Social Security. I need to look at them. I need to fact check this. So, um, my, my point is this. My point is this it would hurt for a, it would hurt for a while but i believe if most politicians begin talking about reducing our debt and on both sides of the on all three sides four sides actually because there are four parties on all four sides of it and that became the primary thing to strengthen america we need to get rid of our debt not raise tariffs not you know, get rid of our fundamental debt to the world I, I think you're i think you're making the the rather large mistake of thinking that our leaders
1: lead us our leaders um go where we want them to
0: why does it have to be my mistake (laughs) well it's why does it have to be my mistake that's not my mistake yeah you're you're thinking I'm making that mistake
1: you're thinking that if if congress really grew up and decided they were gonna try to to fix this problem that they
0: could and then they could say, hey, we really think that this isn't is a- just a Congress. I'm saying everyone. If the debt well, re- remember a couple of a couple of elections ago, uh, four or five, six, seven elections ago. Remember, it was people were talking about the national debt. They, they were really t- hitting that hardest part of their the campaign. Tea Party. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's gone now. You don't hear that anymore. Reducing right. the deficit. And another you don't hear that anymore because, because they, they've stopped talking about deficit. Talk about other things, uh, Yeah, not the well, deficit anymore. And that's think-
1: true um, to, a, to a large extent, and the, uh, there are very few of those um, people who get elected uh, still in office. In other words, um, what happened was we were very excited about that for a very short period of time, and we need to be more excited about that long term, but uh, the people who went there when they got into office, they did not do the things that it takes to get reelected, and that is they did not play ball with the special interests. They did not raise money the way that they um, they need to uh, in order to run effective reelection campaigns. So two years after those people got in, many of them were out. Four years after they got in, even more people, uh, more of them were out, and so forth and so on. So that that movement. Um, didn't have the staying power that it needed because they were the the people who got elected acted contrary to what is beneficial for an elected official to do. So, here's the thing. We had, for a moment, a brief moment in time, some congressmen who were actually acting in the best interest of the people
0: instead of their own best interest. And they they got punished for it. Well, yeah, it's it's not it's not sexy in the marketing sense. Well, it's not effective in the political sense, unfortunately. So, I'm not
1: sure exactly how and it, here's the thing, right? Congress controls the purse strings. So, how do we get people in Congress who want to cut the budget when that is counterproductive to them getting reelected? <laughs> There's their constituents need money <clears throat> well their constituents need money but I mean it's uh, it's 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 not an easy they need money they need money well uh, and they need money to run a re-election campaign and the way that we seem to get that at the moment is large donations from special interests the special interests will only give you money if they're getting more from you than they're giving to you, and they're not getting that money directly from you. They're getting that money from the government because you are willing to give it to them. So we need to we need a much more sophisticated kind of politician who understands what really is the problem, and, and that is those those uh, what you call it um, those programs that I mentioned. Social Security Medicare Medicaid Obamacare um, those are the uh, the affordable health care Act those defense, no Infrastructure. Defense, those are all the things that are expensive too they're not expensive. those things are not expensive compared to the other things I mentioned. The no. things that I mentioned those in the red
0: I did do research I did some research, and So things that you mentioned are high, but nonetheless
1: no no Uh, if you okay so here's the thing this is this is how people lie to you about defense they will say we spend trillions of dollars on wars in iraq right and they will put out how much money we've spent on these wars and the the thing that they're doing with those is they are they are using a longer period of time when i say medicare medicaid and, and uh medicare medicaid uh social security in the affordable health care act i'm talking about like every year we spend something like 3.5 to 4 trillion dollars uh on those items when people are talking about the war in iraq they'll they'll say like oh we spent two trillion dollars in the war in iraq they're talking about 10 years 10 or 15 years that we spent that much money in the war in iraq Um, Whenever they they talk about an entire war, they're talking about decades of war. And they're comparing decades of war against a single year of social program spending. And that is how people lie about the budget.
0: Uh, Well, this is according to the year of 2015. Discretionary spending 2015.
1: Stop. I got to tell you what discretionary spending is. And discretionary spending is the way that the Democrats basically exclude Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and the Affordable Health Care Act because those are non-discretionary programs. So whenever they say discretionary spending, yeah, the military becomes the largest discretionary spending item, but the actual largest spending item is uh, are the items that I've mentioned already. So they say, um, you know discretionary spending and they're like well there's um, the, the the military is the largest discretionary spending item so in other words in order to cut Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security and, and the Affordable Health Care Act you have to actually change the programs and in order to change those programs you're going to upset a lot of people those are what they call entitlements right and that's why it is, is becoming very difficult to um, politically to to cut those programs because so many people are now getting that money. It is the same problem that Venezuela had, okay? These socialist programs actually threaten to destroy the nation because all it's going to take is for us to run out of money to borrow and we will no longer be able to afford those programs. Because we we can't afford them really, like right now we're borrowing a lot of money. And uh, we'll end up in a Venezuela-like situation.
0: Okay. Now, according to the USA Today, Mm -hmm. uh, every other program, public broadcasting, NASA National Parks, foreign aid, and everything else adds up to the remaining 6% of the federal budget. Here's how each major spending area breaks down. 24% Social Security. 15% Medicare, 15% defense, 13% health, uh, 13% income security, 6% net interest, 5% veterans benefits, 6% other, 3% education.
1: So did did you notice that defense was actually a very small piece there?
0: Not a very, but smaller. It's a smaller piece. Smaller so if you
1: piece. if you add up the social programs, right, the entitlement spending, what you end up getting is in real dollars more money than we actually bring into the federal government every year. That's the problem. So we are basically and, – and here's here's the thing, right? Like we're spending on uh, the Affordable Health Care Act. We're spending trillions of dollars now. We're spending on um, – Uh, Medicare and Medicaid trillions of dollars and the the aim of those programs is to insure people but insurance doesn't make sense over a large uh, pool of people in other words uh, if you're a single individual right now I've made this argument before if you buy insurance you're diffusing your risk you say, well, I might, something might happen, something might not happen. I'm an individual. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna buy insurance. And that way, if I get hit with a $200,000 bill, we'll have insurance, right? But, and, and so you're saying my risk is only this small amount that I've made. But you're, the insurance company is gonna go and they're gonna basically put actuary tables together and they're gonna decide that if you're going to, if, if it's possible that one out of 100 people is going to have to uh, pay a $250,000 bill. And well, maybe let's say if 100 people are going to possibly have $5 million worth of bills, then they're going to charge those 100 people uh, $10 million worth of premiums. Right. And it's probably it's, it's not that uh, that's not the ratio. Right. So it's probably like a thousand people are going to have ten million dollars worth of bills. They will then charge those thousand people uh, or five million dollars worth of bills. They'll charge us ten thousand people uh, twice that in order to cover those thousand people. So here's the problem. As a nation, uh, the the strategy of purchasing health insurance for a large population, which is, you know, basically the entire United States is doubling the cost of healthcare. So the strategy that the federal government is using is actually going to increase the cost no matter what. So what we have to do actually is change these programs so that instead of
0: being insurance based, they are provision based. Well, here, let, let me share something with you. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to try to take a long view to solving some of our problems. Solving some of our, at least some of our social security problems. <coughs> some of, so, and and uh, social security problems. First of Listen, all. Listen, killing all the old people is not a solution. Let me, we need to raise <laughs> the retirement age, number one. We need to make mandatory continuing education across the board for all careers. Wait, so this, why? how does that help anything? Let me explain.
1: Um, you're going to you're yeah. gonna have to explain that one. Of course one. I'm going to.
0: Okay. And I'll start with the first one. I'm, I'm going to talk about everything first. This is right off the cuff. I haven't prepared for this. Uh, it seems to me that if you raise the retirement age they don't collect social security as soon as possible sooner sooner so we have more money to, to spend time with Two, education allows the mandatory education in the career career allows them to continue becoming to, to, to continue relevant continue being relevant so we don't have a Outmoded, outdated workforce. So within careers, we have mandatory education. You keep on going to keep employed. You have to continue learning. You have to continue being cutting edge. That's number wait, one. Wait, wait. Are you saying that in order to keep your job, you have to continue? You have to continue, continue being cutting edge. Mm. In other words, you can't. You, in other words, five years from now, you need to have continue. So let's say I'm a lumberjack or a plumber, and
1: you're telling me that I have to keep paying a school in order to maintain some kind
0: of uh, professional certification. We want you to be cutting edge. I didn't didn't say certification, that's different. Mm -hmm. I'm saying we want you to continue your education because oftentimes certification is different than education. So I'm saying I want you to continue and I'll tell you why. This is how that solves the social security problem. How do you I'll pay for that education? Uh well don't talk about that. I'm we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But well me, we're we're there. We're at me, that bridge. Well, if you're me,
1: saying that we gotta pay for continuing education,
0: then we're at the bridge of asking how to pay for that. Well let me finish please. Let me finish. And I'm not gonna solve it, I'm just gonna give you the, the fix. And then how to solve the fixes is is is, is not what I'm gonna deal with today. <laughs> it's not it's
1: not a fix if you if you create more problems than you're solving a
0: problem the problem is if we have more people who are working later and and we have more technically proficient people who are who are consistently being educated and trained so that they're not obsolete (laughs) then we don't have to take our jobs, and then our jobs don't have to go to India. Our jobs don't have to go to other places because we have people who can work the jobs here, number one. Number two, uh, and I can't, you know, how to pay for it. I wouldn't even get into that yet. That's a well, totally different show. The, the
1: whole reason we
0: send tech jobs over to India is not because we don't have people here who can do them. I know that, that, that because, we're, because we, it costs less, but let me, finish, okay. let me finish. And then with those who have retired, we offer them secondary work in other words we offer there's work that's set aside for retirees so that they do not get their social security yet they still work because the social security really is going to be up it was going to be gone and and because it's going to be gone uh and and and, and we won't be able to get it anyway you might as well realize that you will have to continue working and we might, as well, we might as well start start it now because it's not going to be available for you so know that you will have to continue having a secondary career you have to be you have to be, have multiple jobs you have to have something else that you're working on so that you can because the idea is our gross national product has to has to increase we have to begin as, as uh, we uh, getting mm-hmm. we have to begin getting less goods from over from overseas and beginning to import more things than we're, than well. we're bringing in and i think that, that we need a stronger workforce, and so I, I believe I believe in this stronger work. I believe in the entrepreneurial spirit. We need a stronger workforce. We need not just in tech, but in other fields, and we need to continue to become to make America. I believe in making America great again, but not in the way other people are saying. I believe we need to make America great again by creating a strong American worker, a strong, a strong educated, sophisticated, and technical American worker who is who who will. Who who was older, who was and who was still working, and at that way, Social Security is not being used because they're still working. That's the point. Um, i um, um. I've got several
1: questions here, and I think the I first, might not have
0: answers. The first one that have is
1: how old. Um. What should the retirement age be? I don't know. So, uh, do you know how Social Security currently works? There's a, a current age at which you can retire, and then there's an age at which they basically say you're going to do you know Just say it. You're going to start taking the money now. Uh, so, like when you, I think when you're like 62 or 63, you can start taking Social Security, but it's a reduced amount. If you wait till you're 65, then you can start to take the full amount. And my dad is actually uh, has been telling me about this because. He's he's basically there, right? He's uh, he is at the point where they're sending him
0: money, whether he wants it or not. I would say that your dad is a pretty sharp fellow, and it's my belief that he is still useful. He's working. He's still working. I know, but I'm just saying. Even even, I believe that you should be able to continue testing. I believe that you should. I believe that you should be able to continue, just to prove your prove that you can manage the work. But, but let I, me ask you this. Um, well, so so i would I would raise the age really, I would raise the age, or i would I would retire them into other careers that are just as lucrative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in a different in a different format in, in, in a different set so, so what is I that, would say is, is it centralized planning? Are you saying the government will do this or? I listen once again, I do not have the solution <laughs> I, I can just simply telling i'm telling because the system we have is not working, and what i'm saying is, and i can't i don't know who would pay for it maybe the corporations would pay for it. Well, the, the maybe, problem right now is that we don't know who will pay for it. Well, the, hear me carefully. Um, the book that I'm writing in regards to the to, uh, avoiding the toxic workplace, one of the things I talk about is is, is educa- educating the employees at the corporations pay part of their profit to continually <laughs> educate their employees so their employees are always cutting edge. And I believe that that is would solve what I'm talking about, which is basically the government doesn't pay for that, of course. The companies that hire you pay for your continued education. And are you're we going to force the companies to pay for this? Uh, once again, I'm not going to get into that argument. I'm simply going to say that if it were done... You can't say, like, here's the solution, but I don't have any actual specifics. No, I can't give you specifics. I have to think about <laughs> it. I, I, have to, I have to fact check it, and I have to spend time with it. But I'm just saying, if you had a smarter, stronger, older workforce... Social security would not be an issue; wouldn't be so much of an issue. So we're gonna we're gonna make people work till what age? I mean, are they gonna? I, I, until I, their body fails them and until their until they is can no longer work, meaning not their physical body, but until they are no longer physically able to maintain their maintain their their mental acuity and their mental prowess. So mm. that when, once they can, then we retire them into something else, and into the into the golden age of. Into the golden years of hanging out and mm. fishing, or whatever you want to do, or we retire them into volunteer service. So, in other words, once you retire, or we turn them into soil and green. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> we we retire them into volunteer service. One of the things, the gentleman who came over here, was an older gentleman. Well, how do you, how do you retire someone into volunteer service? Don't you have to volunteer for volunteer well, service? I know, I know. But my point is that <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm a, but but my point is that. We one of the challenges is the gentleman who came over here I was, I was saying this he seemed so lonely he was an older guy and, and he seemed lonely to me he was still teaching I think but you know you could tell he didn't have a lot of years left and for that mind I, I hate to see those brilliant minds atrophy because of lack of use they say that when you continue Uh, that that Alzheimer's is staved off by continuing working on the math and sciences, by continuing, even by, they say by game playing, they say that uh, Oh yeah, game playing's big Yeah, and so they say, so my point is, you have a mind that's now no longer, a a muscle that's no longer being exercised it will atrophy, and we've created what I call the second class culture I remember, I I was at a place that had older people and this woman would sit there and she was quiet and she'd laugh. You know, sir, it turned out that she couldn't hear. And she was, uh, she she would just laugh and smile when she was at the at place with a bunch of other people. But, she, and and there and I, no one necessarily knew that she couldn't hear because no one was engaging with her. There's another woman I remember, another woman I was talking with, uh, it was an older woman. She was in her 70s, 80s. And she looked at me said said, Louis, I'm so lonely. So we have a class of people who often still have their mind and still, ha- still can contribute to society that we have totally, it's a workforce that we totally ignore. And I think it's to our detriment. I believe that social security is a symptom of our ignoring the elderly and taking them out to pasture and not continuing to employ them, not training them in robotics. Not training them in the things; those who can manage it. Not training them in technical fields. Retraining them to do something maybe at less, at less, maybe at a, a less hours, but continue training them out so that they're so that even in their old age they're productive American citizens, and that's really what I'm talking about. I, I don't know how to solve it. I'm just saying, seems to me. So you think that the real solution <coughs> is.
1: Uh, to keep people as productive members of the economy longer,
0: Long, not only longer but productive and cons- and relevant—the two words together—productive and relevant members of of the economy longer, so that we can build our gross national product. Well, and we can a, beat China in, in- importing and if, exporting. If I may, uh,
1: the 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 relevant part seems to be. Uh, more of a, an attempt to keep people happy about working longer uh, in other words one of the there's a hierarchy of needs and one of the I agree by the way one of the top needs is meaning so people don't want to be trapped in a meaningless job for longer uh, so definitely that, that makes sense if you're if you're gonna try to tell people that they need to work longer uh, in their life then you cannot have them. Uh, you cannot relegate them to meaningless jobs for their old
0: age. Well, yeah, that, that, that's part of it. You, you, in the system that I, in the book that I'm writing, I, I, create, I talk about a system that continually morphs into something else. Where it's it's said that millennials and the post millennials will change three or four careers in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so I want to continue that for all Americans. So, in other words, once you start, you're not stuck. You're continuing educating. You can choose where you, you can choose what you're going to do, how you're going to so do. So, you it.
1: think that uh, older Americans need to recognize that the economy has changed and start doing a little job hopping.
0: You know, find something that they like more. Job training, start, start. Because oftentimes, how many older people have you heard say, "I don't know how to use this thing"? They're talking about computers. I don't know how to. Pretty
1: much, my grandmother.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. What is this thing? No, actually, it? you
1: know what? The truth is, I do. Uh, I do tech support uh, for little old ladies who do payroll with uh, SQL databases and things like that. So I actually hear uh, a lot that that happens. However, what they what they do is they rely upon uh, people who are. Who, who work in a job where we are available to support. And then what happens is uh, a lot of those people, like I keep several companies running because I help their payroll people, their payroll staff handle the problems that come up that would otherwise stop them from moving forward. Understood. So in other words, um, the the what's happening, what that does is that, democratize the technical ability. In other words, you don't have to actually have it, you just have to be, you just have to have access to somebody who has the technical understanding and the process understanding for how you're gonna do your payroll at your company.
0: I can understand, I'm thinking in terms of more hands-on, and so I would say, I wouldn't wanna take tech out, tech support out of work, I don't think that'll ever happen. But what I'm saying is that we need to, and I think you understand, what we, we need to continue to educate ourselves A mind as a, <clears throat> is a terrible thing to waste So I, I agree with the whole education thing But
1: here's the thing um, I don't like the way that education Is currently being offered
0: to people You know what there, uh, There's a system that I heard That's offering free <clears throat> at least Some free courses to For For those who are in the first year Of school by the way
1: Well there's, uh, there's a couple There's actually a lot of free educational resources out there and i know this because i've got a friend who's really into this right and he's actually trying to help uh, schools put together curriculums that are basically based off of internet resources that are online that are free that are available um, but the most of the schools don't know about right so um, i would point out two two resources off the top of my head you have khan academy and code academy And they're they're very similar names, very kind of similar resources. The Code Academy will teach you how to code in various languages. It is, um, I I have actually gone through a couple of their languages and learned from, uh, you know, the syntax and everything of the basic uh, languages from that. Um, Also, Khan Academy, it was invented by a guy who was trying to teach his, uh, I believe, nephew how to do some math. And he decided that what he was doing could easily be put online as a video right so he could teach his his nephew to do it he could teach anybody to do it so it's i think both of those resources are really great um and there's a lot of other free resources out there that are really awesome so i think that there is Um, and I think I want to kind of take this point and make it stronger, right? I'm a strong man, your argument here in that continuing education is really important, but you don't have to pay for it. And when I hear somebody talk about continuing education, I generally think that they mean, you know, going to, um, colleges and, and, and and I, I know you're not necessarily saying that, but the education can be accomplished using the technology that's now available to I us agree. Um, and, and leveraging the resources that are, are free and available to everybody. I think that's um, r- kind of really great. However, the, one of the problems is um, you're saying that continuing education is a good thing. You're right. I agree with you. I do it. The problem is how do you get the whole nation to do it without passing a law and saying you have to do 40 hours of continuing education every year you know like
0: same way you get everyone Hmm. the same way we got everyone to drink coca-cola the same way we got everyone to drink you want to put sugar on the internet or dr dr pepper you
1: want to put high fructose corn syrup in people's
0: internet the same that would ruin the computers i know the same way that's awesome the same way we we create. We homosexuality has has become normal in our society. Well, now this you're just talking about court rulings. Th- th- no, I'm not talking about the society. I'm not talking about. Uh, oh, you're technophobic. No, if you
1: don't, no, if you don't no. train. No, no, no,
0: no. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. No, 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 Don't yeah. be a technophobe. Yeah, yeah. Go exa- to Khan Academy. Ex- exactly. My my point is that when you culturalize and you create idiom and, and television shows and and you, in other words, the Golden Girls I used to love that show uh, years ago. If the Golden Girls were seen going back to school and getting educations and working in robotics back can you imagine? And you created that culture where you have a culture of older people who are Well that would robots. have made for actually I think a better sitcom. Oh yes it would
1: have. Um, you know I actually did not enjoy the Golden Girls there very much growing up. Um, I, I thought it was, uh, pedestrian and trite
0: and hey, they didn't,
1: yeah, but I mean, if they were, if they were trying to learn technology, that
0: would have been a little bit funnier. Yeah. It would have been awesome. But let see my point though. I mean, if, if you create that environment where you mm-hmm. culturalize, you socialize continuing education, there was a, there's a, uh, what, what was the show that we were watching and that we were watching, but we've seen it It's a movie about, uh, Oh wow! It was about, it was about uh, some type of alien bugs that they were killing, and uh, it was uh, almost like a B movie type thing. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, where education—it was like Israel, where you education is mandatory, uh, uh, service is mandatory. No, no, no. service guarantees citizenship. Service exists. Yes, service guarantees citizenship, and what, what I was when you create a culture where education. <laughs> guarantee citizenship. Where continuing education guarantees mm. where 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 you have certain guarantees, but you need to continue. And if and of course you get a free pass if you can't do it. You know, I mean, there's certain things people. You know, are you gonna take away my citizenship if I don't go back to school, dude? If you can afford to go back to school, you need to create. You need to help our economy. Well, I thought we were just talking about free resources. Well, they're free resources. But my point is that we we want you to. We want you we need you it's not a want. We need you to help create a stronger America. and I'll say when I was in Israel and I was when on, on, I was talking to the the, the tour, tour guide, he said that it's mandatory to serve in the military military in Israel, and he said, "Why would you want to live in a country that you are not taking care of?" And I think that I think I can t- we can take something from them. I believe and you served in the military but I didn't I'm a foreigner but my point is that my point is it would be wonderful if education was seen as just as important do you know in mm. ja- and I think it's it, tell me if this is correct I don't know if you've heard this it's either in Korea or ja- Japan they talk about something like they're, they're talking about there's something called working yourself to death I've forgot the name of it but it's called working uh, that would definitely be Japan it was working something and and there are people actually hmm. dying of overwork because right. it's become part of their culture yeah When i'm what i'm saying we don't need to go that far but i'm saying well you know actually they've in, culturized it in japan um <laughs> yeah they they have culturalized it
1: in japan however i don't think that people like it i don't think that people who are going through that Enjoy or ex- experience an increased state of well being because of it. In Japan, they work so hard that bosses actually, when they see someone who has fallen asleep at their desk, think that that is a sign of a hard worker because they think they've worked themselves so hard. So people actually, this is funny, in Japan, some of these people will actually fake sleeping at their desk for an hour a day. They'll fake taking a nap at their desk,
0: so their boss will see them taking a nap. That is why they are so. That is why they. And I hate to say things like mm-hmm. they, but that is why they. They're. they're well, I think you, strong. I think it's legitimate to say
1: they when you're talking about a country the, of that, them, that
0: That is why they are so strong. Their economy is not their economy, but their their products are. Are, uh, are coming out and their and and their tech, no, their tech is high. I actually don't think that that's the reason for that. I think that here here's well, I'm not saying that in particular, but I'm saying there's something about a there. There was a time. Well, there's a there's a particular uh, another
1: piece of their culture that I think is actually more uh, indicative or more uh, informative for that. Particular it's a thing. group.
0: They have a group ethic and a, a cultural a fam, familial mm. and group ethic.
1: No, they have a they they think that a long term plan for business. Uh, is 500 years. In other words, if anything short of 500 years is not considered to be a long-term plan. So if you have a long-term plan and you're saying, I want to sell cars for the next 500 years, what are you going to do? You're going to make the best car that you can make. So that's why you see product quality um, very high coming out of Japan. So I I think that
0: that's um, more. I I, I don't say it's more. I just think that's part of it. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't I, I disagree that it's more. I would say it's everything. It's their whole social, how they view work. Period. <coughs> that too. Yeah. Well, that too. But I mean, it's everything. problematic
1: because they view work that way. But that's also um, the, the the flip side of that is that how hard they're working is short sighted because in the short term they're getting a lot of work out of the individuals that they have in the long term what they're actually doing is depressing the population because younger Japanese people do not have time to have families. They are actually finding that um, in Japan there is a very big problem with marriage rates and in fact when they um, poll uh, Japanese females they're finding that they actually don't have interest in the Japanese men. They're saying basically And and quite frankly, I think they're, um, you know, the Japanese men are probably as clean as anybody. But the Japanese females perceive Japanese men as uh, rude, unclean, um, too grabby, you know, things like that. So they're, even though when we look at the Japanese man, we don't see that at all. We see uh, men who are um, uh, probably more, uh, how should I put it? uh conservative Uh, you know in the united states they'd be considered rather conservative but um the the women over there in japan um kind of see and and this is something that um you'll notice when somebody doesn't practice a lot of touching and then they touch you in specific right so you feel like you're singled out um go on the, the it's kind of a, a reverse of the reality. So um, the perception is not necessarily what's actually occurring. But anyway, th- there's a very big problem with uh, Japanese uh, singles, young singles, getting together at this point. So they're they're struggling with uh, cultural norms and
0: the overworkedness. It's, if you look, if you Google it, you'll find that there are a lot of comment. there are a lot of statements dealing with what you're saying. It's why Japanese women refuse to marry why birth rates are low mm-hmm, in Japan mm-hmm. why and there are a bunch of different things that I think would that's its own show I tell you the two <coughs> we could do a show just on that. well it, yeah it and I kind of d- uncover that a little bit because I think because I think that if you take the i you have brought up some of the bad things that would happen but I think if we take some of the good, well, well I don't, I, I don't necessarily think we should use Japan as the model,
1: right? Because here's what I'm saying: Japan, even though they have some really great ideas, they have some 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 bad practices which are short-sighted, which are beneficial in the short term but terrible in the long run. What I think that we are, what's happening in the United States, um, is that we are entering a period of time where what uh, we're Actually, I should say it the other way. We're exiting a period of time where there's been exponential growth. There's been rapid expansion of the economy. We have been involved in non-zero-sum uh, game type uh, expansion for a very long time. And we're starting to hit the limits of that. We're starting to hit a plateau. So what's happening is that we're, we're used to saying uh, that expansion of the economy or growth in the economy is the goal, and that's what we're looking for. And we're coming into a position where expansion is no longer gonna be possible, or I should say, at least for a short period of time, we're gonna plateau before we start expanding again. And I think that the important thing here is to change the economy in such a way that a job that is a sustainable job is also able to sustain the person performing that job and again um i'll go back to the the whole idea of you've got walmart right they're making billions of dollars and they're paying people as little as they possibly can for those jobs i think that those jobs need to become
0: good jobs and the question that i would ask is well to interrupt you and i'll ask because and then uh, (coughs) anybody on the other side of that would be how much pay how much is a good job? What right. does a good job mean? And how's that relative?
1: Well, let me ask you this. Uh, cause let's make it relative, right? Because it is relative. Um, but what do you think that uh, Walmart makes a lot of money? I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm sure they do. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Um, what? Uh, it's billions, right? It's billions of dollars. Um, what is so valuable about what Walmart does that makes them billions of dollars? they sell right so what the you know the basic uh, understanding of the events or the the actions that they partake in they stock the shelves they ring customers up they sell products they buy products from vendors they ship them across the country and then they sell them to people people go into walk into the store and make purchases um, as they desire right so that activity totals Um, a very profitable business, right? So what I'm I'm saying is that each of the activities, each of those individual activities are part of the total business. So what I think is that really in situations like this, like the the employees need to be paid uh, commensurate with the value of their activities. Um, And that I think is really the answer to the problems that we're discussing here in that, an employee who has additional money will then be able to seek out additional opportunities, right? So, like, let's say that an employee um, right now is living paycheck to paycheck, and they're literally unable to make all of their bills, uh, uh, all of ends meet, and they're unable to pay all their bills. But then all of a sudden, they're in a situation where they're making more money, and they're getting like bonuses, and they have extra money. Now, I personally have actually been in this situation. I've experienced that change myself right so when I went from having not enough money to having enough money to do what I wanted to do plus a little bit of extra, it changed the way I started living. I started doing things like this for instance right so started uh buying microphones and and sound equipment and and uh putting together podcasts um uh and recording equipment and video camera and you know open up a youtube channel and stuff like that so in the same way that once i had more money than i needed i started looking for additional opportunities in the world i think that if we democratize that go on to basically everybody what we'll do is we'll start to see uh some more non-zero-sum gains in our economy in other words people will figure out more things to do than they're currently doing. And then it will generate more productivity and that will be how we actually grow our way out of, uh, these, these situations. But here, you know, really right now, one of the problems is that all of the productivity ends up being very much funneled and focused
0: on a very few individuals. Indeed. Now check this out. Walmart to, to your point, according to the Washington post, on january 11th january walmart said it's giving its employees a raise then it closed 63 stores so 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 very interesting very 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 interesting this happened in january so
1: So that's very interesting that that is interesting and and especially since they got so much positive press out of the races and they nobody heard about the 63 stores that closed. <laughs> so I would bet you, I would bet you that their um, wages stayed flat. In other words, the, the amount of money that Walmart is paying to employees,
0: I'll bet it stayed flat. Or maybe because even... Because they closed 63 stores. Yeah, because stores. they closed 63 stores. So, you know. But they're um, not going to ruin their, their how, profit margin. Do
1: you Do you see anything that says about how much... Walmart makes every year? Because
0: I know that they're a publicly traded company, so they have to report that. I haven't checked that out yet, but I'd be very interested. Well, actually, I'm going to look up, when I get a chance, how much does Walmart, how much of a profit does Walmart pay? How much of their earnings does Walmart pay its employees? And I would love to get a get a percentage of that. Get, a, get some percentages so I can do some research. I haven't fact checked Walmart yet, though. I well, do that. I mean, we... We can fact check Walmart if you want. it be very interesting to see what they're talking about here. You checking? Um, I'm just you know, looking it up.
1: Um, 265 to 280 a share was the guidance, but what's the actual. I'm having a hard time finding any actual numbers. Okay, we'll have to look, <laughs> that's
0: another show. Then we'll have to look that up. Mm. I would be curious to see see those numbers. How much of their profit, not the profit, how much of their income is, are, is, is come from uh, employee wages, and what would it mean for payrolls?
1: Uh, <clears throat> yeah, global net sales amounted to $481 uh, billion. That's not profit, though. So, I mean, we're, what's our, uh, Walmart tops earnings forecast, $120 billion, but it's a quarter, so it's basically a quarter of the $500 billion that they had. Sam and Air is a cool 11, 11.6 11. billion is a, uh, market cap increase see they're, just, they're not there's the money have to do
0: research that's we have to fact check this yeah well
1: it. see here's the thing even if we don't fact check it it doesn't matter so what i'm saying is that uh right now employee wages are fiat right they are whatever the the employer says hey we're gonna pay you this and that's it and no more and employer employees don't really have the ability to pull out of the market, right? I mean, they ha- you have to have a job, right? If you're gonna s- live in the city, you have to have a job. Um, you really don't have the opportunity to say, well, I'm just not gonna work. Uh, if an employer's not gonna pay me enough money, I'm just not gonna work. You can't reasonably or rationally do that because then you'll be kicked out of your home, or your apartment, whatever. Um, so we basically do force people into a position where they have to work. And this was the idea behind unions, right? So you have collective bargaining and um, what we've done is we've kind of broken down the whole union concept because unions were actually a really terrible solution to this because um, they got violent. They have to violate the rights of other people in order to in order for me to be able to hold an employer hostage, by saying, I'm not gonna work for you. We have to also make sure that no one else will work for that employer. And that's uh, something that really the unions have done, but they didn't have the authority or power to do that. So in other words, uh, you know, what gives a union the right to tell um, an employer that they can't employ someone outside of the union and bring them in and have them do the job? There's really no natural right or authority that a, a group of people would have to stop that practice. So what we really need is um, a mechanism on the federal level that will tell employers that they have to pay employees a legitimate amount of the actual productivity uh, or or, uh, profit that they are producing. So that's, I mean, even without going in and figuring out exactly what Walmart makes, I think we can still say that that is a reasonable alteration of the current market system you've said this before
0: yeah and i have to say that i really agree with you i believe that this would be a great solution i would love to see that in a micro level not at first i'd like to see it you want you want to see some prototyping that's what uh, you want and i want a micro i want a micro level of this and i want to see it done macro let's start i'd love to well, hear that grass here's the problem right way of instituting this
1: the the problem is it's a macro problem, so there's no micro level. Um, I think you can start system. small.
0: I think I think if you started with a small company and showed how it could be successful, and then you began to talk with other companies and showed how the bottom line could increase. I well, think a lot of our silicon, like a lot of our Silicon Valley companies, have done something close to this and have been fairly successful. So I think we don't could- get me wrong. I like the idea of starting small
1: I like the idea of prototyping the problem that I see with this is that small companies aren't in violation of this kind of rule anyway so small companies don't have the power in the in other words the reason that we're targeting the large companies the reason I say Walmart is because Walmart Home Depot Publix um, these companies have the um, power in the market to set the wages they have the power in the market to uh, basically choose. Um,
0: uh, I understand what you're saying, but I... yeah. I, in,
1: in other words, they're, they're, they make it. They take advantage of efficiencies, and they have more power, and they're basically in violation of the 1890 Sherman Act, right? So, but small companies don't do that. So it doesn't really make sense to try to apply this to small companies.
0: I think that we should apply the fix culturally. I believe it's just part of our culture. If we make it part, if we I'm for culturalization if we make it part <coughs> of the landscape of our 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 consciousness that we that were then well there's there's a problem with culturalization because maybe uh, I think the
1: you and I would accept it right but we're not running Walmart so then you say well we're going to culturalize it and you can get 90% of the culture to accept it but if the 500 people who run uh the Fortune 500 don't accept it then at that point
0: It's ineffective. They'll be dead soon. The those who come after them will accept it because it's part of their culture, and then that's that's the idea of the long. You talked about the five year, five hundred year plan. Mm -hmm. If you do the same thing with our socialization, I believe that there are think. I believe honestly there are think tanks that do that in this country, that have a long term plan for where they'd like to take the American consciousness, and (coughs) and. They, I think a lot of those things have been acted. I remember mm-hmm. there was a plan uh, in the automotive, re- agent, automotive, uh, de- automotive oh God, uh, association, maybe not, I uh, say automotive industry, I'll use that. I was read, I was in an airport, I was in an airplane probably about 20, 30 years ago. And I remember reading an article in a magazine. It said that they were going to begin marketing SUVs to housewives because at that time, SUVs weren't the thing for housewives to drive, it was only a utilitary vehicle. Minivans. Yeah, minivan, or well, it, it was only a utilitary vehicle and was not considered, it was something that more men did. And lo and behold, 20, 30 years later, women are dry, are, are buying and loving SUVs. And they socialized it. And now soccer moms are buying SUVs. And that's my whole mm-hmm. point if you you can socialize you don't have to argue them there for for lack of a better word you preach them there and over a period of time the people follow will fall in line because they see it everywhere they see it it becomes part remember the homosexual thing used to be unpopular and 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 every now and then you'd see a show with a homosexual then you see another show and the homosexuals are now the best friend then you see another show uh, and you see more shows like that so like recurring character yeah and recurring then, char- then and then, then, then and main they, character and then, then now suddenly they're the main character and now they've got and, superpowers and now they're suit they have superpowers and the same thing with Lisa uh, <coughs> you either see the same because you you're the culture It didn't start that way. It didn't start with homosexuals kissing on television. It didn't start that way. It started with they were just your best friend and pretty cool to hang out with. And now we've matured into a totally different culture where suddenly you see see that lifestyle everywhere. And they're even now teaching it to our children as an alternate life. You know, I'm talking about culturalization. You see how successful that was. And it's the same thing you do with any other thing you want to teach your populace if you care about it enough. You have a long-term well, plan. I don't know that I want to take over schools and start teaching things. Um, well, you kind of have to if you want to get, there was a time when God and country were taught in our schools, well, and, I, and, and there was a time, not that I believe in I believe in separation of church and state, mind you, but nonetheless, my point is, point is that if you look at how these things were taught, they were I remember reading an old report card this report card said from the mm-hmm. 19 I think 50s it said that Jimmy is having problems we recommend him going to Sunday school and learning this was a report card spending time more time in Sunday school and I, I wish I kept that book it was uh, I happened to see it in a book and so my po- and, and and so but this was a part of the landscape of the culture once Edu- uh, church was and the, and as you can see with homosexuality, as you can see with black people, as you can see on television, as you can see with Hispanics on television, as you can see with uh, uh, the first married couple in a bed was, I think, oh, that showed a married couple sleeping together with the first show that came out. suddenly it's part of now it's part of our culture. My point is that you can socialize everything that you want to happen, and if you socialize it long term with a 500 with a 100-year plan, even a 40-year plan, actually. You can accomplish great things in the mind of Americans because we basically the Bible says it this way by beholding you become changed. And so you just show it to them. Show it to them, And after a while, they'll do it because it becomes part of their social sociology.
1: Well, um, I still don't think that that's going to change. You know, maybe you could maybe you could stop murder by socializing. You know, not murdering people, or maybe you could stop rape by socializing that it's it's not right to rape.
0: No, those those are inherent. Exactly. Those those are in, but those are inherent things. But we're we're not talking about
1: things. Well, greed that- is inherent, and I think that the greed of the people who decide, uh, who are running these corporations, will ultimately resist any kind of socialization efforts. And I, I would love to socialize this, uh, and and in fact, what I'm trying to do is socialize it to the point
0: where it's at least popular enough to. Get somebody elected. I believe that you can get the millennials and the post millennials to adopt this. Mm, I
1: believe that we could get the um, we could get new businesses to adopt it. That's what I'm saying I don't think we could get existing large lumbering businesses that are currently uh, their business model is
0: antithetical to this concept. I understand that, but nonetheless, to accept you this, start small. And eventually, those who are successful <clears throat> become the CEOs of well, But here's of other the thing companies. I don't think the
1: small businesses are even violating this principle. I, it doesn't matter.
0: I'm saying you create this principle where it becomes a part of the scope of how they think. Mm. And when they become in power, when they be, you're, they're successful, <coughs> they watch you, you make one company uh, go public. They, you watch, you get, make, make other companies go public. Suddenly, the big boys, big girls start looking at you, and they say, listen, we'd like to become the CEO of our company. What if and I you- what if I could point out that, in fact, what I'm
1: talking about used to be the norm in the past and that it was left behind because of greed? In other words, uh, corporations have fiduciary responsibilities to five parties, right? They have the bondholders, the stockholders, the... Uh, Uh, officers the employees and the client the customers so on yeah so what companies realized at some point was that um when they don't require a particularly rare set of skills that they can basically squeeze the employees more than they can they you can't squeeze the stockholders because they own the company and they'll change the the uh officers if they try to do that you can't squeeze the bondholders because the bondholders are basically uh, contractually uh, entitled to their money, right? Those are those are debts, and whatever debt or um, percentages that are, are entitled to them are entitled to them via contract. So you can't really squeeze them. There's no opportunity there. The officers run the company, and they generally don't want to squeeze themselves. The customers, if they get squoze, decide to go to another company... But what they found was that basically if all of the large organizations that employ people decided to squeeze the people they employ at the same time, um, and put them under a certain amount of pressure, it works. I understand that. So in other words, it was the social norm at one point to pay employees a livable wage and and more money. And then the large organizations decided that they were going to squeeze them and start to uh,
0: shave money from employee salaries. Well, I think that we're talking about exactly what I'm saying. You're talking about it became part of the culture for whatever reason. It became culturally attractive for corporations to do such a thing. It became financially attractive, I think. Yeah, well, culturally—that's part of our culture. Is how, is how much we make. So, so we're talking about shifting. We're talking about a, a, a <coughs> an old term, paradigm shift, a, a change in direction, a a momentum shift, where you begin to when go you say no- old, how, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a 1900s term. I know, but okay. Know, but when you when you we go pro employee and you see it for business I was attending a leader cast chick-fil-a leader cast and one of the things that they said well they talked about playing it forward where you begin to rep, you begin to to train your replacement and begin to work yourself out of a job and it was something that a lot of CEOs and executives were not doing but they said if when you do that you you're better off and the company's better off and there's some their their intrinsic blessings that happen because you do so. And they went into great depth, and I thought it was brilliant. And I think that when people realize that if you are really greedy, and you really want your company to be successful, you adopt what you're saying, you will have a more successful company. You will have more profit because you have more, you have a motivated, and you have a long-term and motivated employee Thus, you will save money from from having to rehire new staff every couple of every couple six of months or so. Because I've seen articles that Walmart has a high turnover turn, turn, turnover rate, and they have to spend millions of billions of dollars training new staff every year. <coughs> I think it's millions of 1000000000s i I'm not sure. Training new staff every year because of the high turnover employee turnover rate. And so, if you can see that that would become that that would that would increase their profits by doing what you're saying. I just think it's a change of culture. But basically, what I'm saying is you're right, but it's a cultural change. You, yeah, And I believe you can start small and start with middle-sized companies, become the scope of our culture, and then I think that everybody's not going to do it. But if one of the big boxes does it, how many people is that going to affect? How many hundreds of thousands of people is going to affect? If just one of the big boxes does they, it. They pay? can't do it.
1: They can't do it without a law. In other words, uh, if let's say you're the CEO of Walmart and you decide that you're going to do this, you know what's going to happen the next day? You're going to be ousted. Exactly. So if it's a suicidal event to, to make this happen, then you can't accomplish it through socialization.
0: Unless all of the shareholders are truly socialized. (laughs) <laughs> they're not going to be socialized because they're if you can be socialized to greedy. hire the exec to fire the executive uh, executive of a company because he or she said something against the uh, against a homosexual person you can socialize a company to pay your employees more um <clears throat> I don't think so and, and it, I think so I don't I think, think it's
1: be, even desirable to do that in oh, other oh, my words point is that I, but, I don't like the way that the homosexual community has taken a very like militant stand uh, against anyone who
0: says anything they don't like I mean that's just I, I we're'm talking about when I'm, I'm using that only as a test case example that it those type of those I wouldn't want to follow of, that uh, then <laughs> what that I'm path. saying is that those type of things are truly possible we've seen it
1: well so i mean we're we're socializing it right now right we're talking about it we're putting we're gonna put it on the podcast but i don't think that this is not the kind of thing that you can just kind of socialize and allow it to happen naturally i think that at some point you have to socialize it to the point where people agree with it enough but then you have to say okay
0: now this is this is how you got to do it socialize it culturalize it then make it into a law yeah i once again can't disagree with you the naysayers would say, "Who's going to pay for it? Who's going to who's going to oversight?" Well, the I company's going to pay for it because we're literally saying the company has to pay for it. i <laughs> um, so no, who's the watchdog? I'm talking about who's going to pay for the oversight? Who's going to who's going to watch the company make sure they're doing it? Who's going to do the review? I mean, so my point is that Oh, it's math. I mean, like uh, you know, uh, NASA
1: not too long ago had uh, was putting out numbers that stated that uh, the world was warming more than it really was. And a blogger came along and did, you know, reverse engineered their math and said, hey, you're wrong. And and then um, pointed out that they were the reason it was wrong was because they were collecting data from uh, some um, the thermometer. They were using to collect the data was too close to an air conditioning system. And, you know, the part of the air conditioning system that's outside actually heats up. Right. So they were actually just reading the the hot air off the air conditioner. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, but there, there are people that will be out there. That, and, and, you know, if you're an employee and at a company like this and you have a financial interest in verifying that the employer is, is doing this right. Um, and we're going to part of this would mean that the employer has to release the numbers. And also I've talked about this a little bit. Right. So like one set of numbers. In other words, you can't. Say to the government, "Oh, we lost fifty billion dollars," and then go over to the stock market and be like, "Hey, we made three hundred billion dollars." <laughs> and, and like, there's no, you're lying to somebody. I want one set of books for everybody, one set of books for the stock market, one set of books for the government, one set of books for the employees, and then we'll really know what's going on, and then uh, the employees will be able to do the math and figure out whether or not the uh, the company is.
0: Following the rule the way that they're supposed to, I think that's a great fix. I would love to see that happen. Uh, that's we're going to talk. We're definitely going to have to talk about this more and more and more. So I just want to point out
1: something, by the way, because this is one of my favorite uh, philosophers, Thomas Samuel uh, Kuhn. Um, apparently, died in 1996. He is the philosopher who coined the phrase paradigm shift. And what he was talking about was the philosophy of science, right? So basically the idea is that um, scientists engage in what he called normal science. And when you engage in normal science, basically you just take in data, you work with the current theories that exist, and you, um, you, you advance science within the current theoretical structure. The paradigm shift is when you start to see too many... Outliers, And basically what he said that scientists do with outliers is they ignore them, right? So if you have like a a piece of data that does not fit your scientific theory, chances are you're going to ignore that scientific piece of data, and you're going to go, well, it's just one piece of data. It doesn't fit the theory. But you know what? Our model still works pretty well for like the rest of the world, so we're going to keep it. And then when you get enough of these little um, outliers, Outliers, yeah, these these data points that are outside of your theoretical system. Somebody is gonna start to think, hmm, maybe our theory isn't a hundred percent right. We and do they will not like the outliers. We fear them. What well, we do, we do we like for instance, the outliers. We fear them. So. Do you know? Here's here's one interesting outlier. Do you know that there are trees that grow up through millions of years of uh, geogra- geometric, uh, geological strata If you cut them You can find that these trees Are generally under 30 years old But they grow up through millions Of years of strata And they do not disturb the earth around them Now that is something that Is hard for scientists to uh, And they're petrified right So they're, they're fossilized trees So anyway that's, um, that's one thing that uh, very Is very difficult for people To explain Um But, uh, so the idea about these, these outliers, they basically point out that the current theory is either completely false or at
0: the very least, we do not support or verify outliers. We hate them.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I love outliers. Outliers are like my favorite thing in the world. And you know why? I like to learn things. And you know what
0: outliers do? They point out that there is knowledge that you don't... (laughs) They take away my government and my corporate money for following the party line, and I will have nothing to do with any outliers, sir. They take away your sense of safety. They take away my sense of safety, (laughs) because no one likes a whistleblower. No, no, I like whistleblowers. Um. The emperor's (laughs) new suit is beautiful.
1: Um, Dude... Dude, you were, you were not going to be one of my advisors. I can tell you <laughs> that right
0: Emperor's now. The Emperor's new suit is beautiful, sir.
1: So listen, listen. Outliers are great because they show us that there's knowledge that we don't have. They, they illuminate the path forward. They tell us where to go to find out things that we don't currently Cease know. and desist, sir. <laughs> you are to
0: tout the party line. No. I, when have I ever done that? So Well, <clears> that's, that, that's the issue. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with that personality. We're dealing with, with people who are too scared to, to, to <coughs> go against the status quo, and that's what you're getting. We hate change. We, 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 we sacrifice. This is what you're saying that Congress is doing. We sacrifice, and other poly, uh, parts of our government are doing, we sacrifice long-term for short-term gains because i want to stay employed i don't want to be ousted as a ceo i i don't want to i'm protecting my own general interest so even though you're right i'm not going to fight for what's right because it's against my better self-interest well and people are not wise i mean in, in general
1: uh wisdom is is a rare thing so um in the you know, I just I guess I just insulted the entire audience. But no no. Okay. <laughs> what, if what, you're what, listening
0: to the show, you're uh, probably a bit very wiser wise. than average. You're wise, buddy. <laughs> Man, sir, you're wise. We believe you're wise. No but what 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 to sweeten up what Dave is saying is that life is so difficult and life is so hard that very few of us have time to do proper research. And so as a default we trust the talking heads because we believe that they're doing the research for us, and we trust. And they become eventually become our masters, the masters of our culture, the masters of our thought, and the masters of and, and the masters of our well being, and 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 also the masters of our economic, social, economic. That's status. actually
1: so interesting, and uh, I wanna I wanna add something onto that. But actually, what I was trying to say was just trying to explain what a paradigm shift is. And paradigm shift is that that time where you realize that the current set of theories that you're operating under are incorrect and you find a new explanation for the world that incorporates more knowledge than it did before um, and that's that's the paradigm shift the the shift in the scientific understanding which is resisted at first by the establishment but eventually enough people come to believe in it that they're, you reach kind of a tipping point and then it, it falls over and everybody starts to believe in it
0: and tipping point, another uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, the term
1: that's used in science. <clears throat> uh, well, it's, it's not so much a scientific term, as a, okay, uh, but we're talking about the uh, the politics of science really at this point. So um, it's interesting that you point out that the people who are the masters of our lives and we, we give people the authority to decide what we're going to believe about things. It was actually pointed out recently that... Um, uh, there are events that occur and when, uh, like, let's say, let's say like you only look at the New York Times, right? You read the New York Times and uh, you listen to how the New York Times characterizes events around the world. And let's say that the, the, uh, what was happening over in, in uh, Egypt during the Arab Spring, right? Uh, some people looked at that and they said, that's a revolution other people when they read about it in the new york times they were told that it was demonstrations and the people who believed it was a revolution versus the people who believed it was a demonstration would you know discuss this with with each other and the people who had read the new york times and accepted the new york times interpretation of this would not go away from this concept of uh uh what's the what's the uh Demonstration versus revolution. And then, even when the government was toppled by these quote unquote demonstrations, they still wouldn't believe there was a revolution until the New York Times said, Oh, okay, now it's a revolution. And then they would believe there was a revolution. So, in other words, people allow um, authorities of some type to characterize the world for us and even ignore our own with our own witness and experience in favor of who we believe who we've put in
0: charge of deciding what we think in other words the masters are saying who are you gonna believe me or your lion eyes <laughs> yes exactly who are you gonna believe and and the
1: well you know i've answered that question with um i i believe that um my own eyes. I believe that uh, I like to look at the world and not let other people tell me what I'm looking at. I like to figure out what I'm
0: looking at myself. That, my friend, is very, very wise. And that's why we have a wonderful show. And you know what? Sign off and say, last thoughts. Go. Um, you know, we get to really uh, delve a little bit more into
1: um, post-modernism and uh, the various like the, the, uh, the wage gap and things like that in the future. Um, we've got to really I think identify where some of this uh, oppression economics comes from and uh, I've, got a, I've got a couple of things I want to show you here and uh, hopefully between now and the next time that we come at this
0: we'll, we'll have some better information. Thank you. Signing off, Trending Insurrection with Dave and Lou. Be safe. Be kind, be cool, chill, make a friend, do something good this week. Bye for now. Trending Insurrection.